Welcome to Back to the Footy, episode eight. I'm here with my co-host, The General. Ah, oh, that's, <laughs> that's another famous sort of uh, grandiose title. Yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, Albert. And um, <laughs> I, um, I thought long and hard about uh, your name for you this week, and I almost went Napoleon or... And then I thought, I don't have to actually have to call you Adolf, and that would be really questionable because I watched your Saints go around <laughs> and on sun, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, and, um, gee, they, they, went, uh, they sort of went off to Moscow very much the same way as, uh, as uh, Hitler's troops in the Second World War, taking no notice whatsoever of what happened with Napoleon couple of hundred years before they yeah. just did made the same mistakes yeah over and over again trying to beat melbourne on the slow ball but i went for albert because uh it was einstein who said that time was relative and it really depends on the observer and that's you this week you uh you, you have your own version of time it consists of not turning up for the podcast at all <laughs> And then just being late on the day that we do do the podcast. So time's a very relative thing for you. It is. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry to all the listeners, uh, both of you, that uh, <laughs> had to wait till Thursday for this episode. I think Einstein at one point said time is an illusion. And that pretty much suits you. you know, yeah. If we're going to lunch, I tell you what, time's an illusion. Ten minutes late. Ed, Langdon, an late. Ed Langdon had his own concept of time in that game on, on Sunday Arvo, didn't he? He did. He had more time than any man's ever had on a wing. He was travelling, if we want to use the Einstein illusion, almost close enough to the speed of light that time just slowed down and he could do really what he wanted to do. I would, I would 39 say... 39 times. Ed, Ed Langdon was the character in Young Einstein who's on the, the fictional train travelling at the speed of light who yeah. takes a step forward mm. and breaks the uh, speed of light. Yeah. Uh, so I think that might have been Ernest Rutherford in the movie. Fantastic soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Oh, and yeah, that was when I first heard Paul Kelly, I think, with yeah. um, Dumb Things. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome old movie, just to catch up on, even if you just listen to the soundtrack. It's actually a great film as well. Mm. The, the young fella sitting next to me here uh, has watched it with me in the last month or so and, and loved it. It's but, good. But uh, now the general, I've gone down the same, the same line as you did initially with the uh, Adolf, Adolf line, but I thought I'd be a bit, a bit kind. We said we were never going to mention A, Adolf Hitler, or B, Zach Dawson. And we've, and we've, we've ticked them both off within eight episodes. Oh. Uh, so, so the general comes from uh, a few reasons. Uh, number one, you are the general of, of this podcast. So I think it's, it's worth noting that when it comes to making plans, you are the general. Uh, just like only two of us, just right? like General General Schleifen in the uh, in the just before the First World War kicked off, and his plan. You know, this is the second reason for for the general. Um, your your team, the D's, they uh, they came up against a France who decided to defend their borders with with armaments and uh, with fortification that was impenetrable. After the whole Napoleon business and all of that, they built these these forts on the um, border between yeah France and the, the only thing is they didn't see Belgium as much of a threat. 
So, they, but they went with their one game plan and uh, they Belgium protected on the wing, really. On the it? wing, it was yeah. Belgium on the wing. Ed Langdon was <laughs> he was Belgium, <laughs> the Flemish <laughs> flurry, uh, and uh, and so General Schleifen just decided to um, just go the <laughs> just went around, went around. Yeah, yeah. I felt that with that game on Sunday. It was. Um... Yeah, they, uh, St Kilda played really well, though, in the second half, and they showed real mm. glimpses of why they're a potential top-four team, but, oh, they, they fell for the track. No, they didn't. They played well. They, <laughs> when, they Melbourne, when Melbourne stopped, they, <laughs> play, they played well, like, during the... Um, <laughs> during the it, it, that would have been the same as saying the, uh, the Anzacs played well during the, um, you know, the, the, the couple of hours of... Uh, of, of Christmas, the of, right. no, the truce when they went oh. and played soccer against each other, and they cleared their their bodies off the field. It was that was, yeah. Anyway, I, look, I had the feeling that that these were going to win during the game. It had that vibe to it. You know, sometimes the games get a vibe where you just think, yeah. no matter what happens, this probably team's not going to quite make it. Yeah. And talking of teams not quite making it, G North and West Coast. Yeah. It just sinks further into the mire. And I don't know which one's in more trouble. I suspect West Coast's in more trouble because um, they've got some highly paid players and yeah. um, oh, look, and a coach at the end of the year who I suspect might pull the pin. Yeah. He's not he's not going to be there for the rebuild. He's already been there for many years. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, they're in, they're in all sorts of strife. What, what can we say about that? I, what, what I can say is that if you looked at Melbourne's draw the next two weeks... Yeah, West yeah. Coast then North. But wouldn't you it might be funny? Win by, you wouldn't it be by. funny though if one of those teams got up and beat Melbourne? I think that'd be that'd be great. It would be great for football. Uh yeah. The what's what's the um? Do you remember a time when? Uh, isn't I assume Melbourne's top of the ladder at the moment, mm. the, and West Coast in eighteenth or North? North. North in eighteenth. Can you remember a a time when a top side? Have been beaten by the bottom side. Not no. really. Melbourne did get beaten by Adelaide last year. Were they on the um, bottom of the ladder? I don't think they're on the bottom, but they were very, very close to I, it. I remember a last game of the round, Carlton versus Sydney. It must have been nineteen ninety-two, maybe or ninety-one or two. And uh, and Sydney was. It was back in the days where Sydney was about to. They were about to fold, you know, at any moment they were about to fold. And um, they come up with a stirring victory over Diesel Williams in the, oh, right. in the last last game of the year. Did you see those fans that all left when, when um, Manchester City was, was up, the Real Madrid fans that left? When just last week, when, yeah, 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 and then they were, and then they scored twice in the in, in um, injury time, yeah, yeah, and all these hundreds of fans that had left are all trying to get back in and they're kicking at the doors and yeah. the stadium doors and they weren't allowed in. And I thought, that's exactly what I like. That's I it. hate it when people leave early. Yeah, it's I've got a worst. real thing about And I don't care. Well, the traffic to get to Ringwood, you know, you are, oh, look, come on. Yeah. You're, you're not a serious. If you're saying that I'm going to put five minutes of extra time on the Eastern Freeway ahead of my team that I support, mm. Gee whiz, you're not much of a supporter in my book. No, I agree. I agree. It's difficult. It's difficult not to um, not to say the wrong thing when people walk past you. And uh, yeah, it, it's. But I actually left. I went to leave a game once early 
And it was the game uh, where, I don't know if you probably don't remember this, but all the diehard Saints fans will remember Barry Hall kicking uh, a winning goal after the siren against Hawthorne back in around about maybe the year 2099, 2001. Sometimes I don't remember. No, but it was was a great game. But we were down by... But we were down by a few goals. Anyway, I was at the very top deck of the MCG and I had a 21st party to go to. So I, I got up to leave. And as I was climbing down those massive flights of stairs, I heard roar after roar and I was like, geez, what's going on? So I went in back into the ground just to see what was happening. And we were just a goal down. Barry Hall marks. I turned to my left and I'd somehow come out right next to the St Kilda coaching box. <laughs> and so I, I was celebrating with the, uh, with the coaching staff when Barry oh, kicked his goal. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. And talking of celebrating, Essendon, uh, great win. Yeah. Are they going to be able to do it next this week against the Swans who are a bit annoyed about having been rolled by the, a very good Suns outfit? Um, I suspect we've just, Essendon fans especially, have just gone, whew. You know, that's good. We're back. And they're going to go, unfortunately, this week. And they're, they're back. They're, they've I've got a, a feeling they're going to get an absolute whacking from... They beat a team that can hardly be described as a, yeah, they're not, a great... They're in a rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that... Yeah, I heard someone call it a miracle on Miracle at Marvel. <laughs> I would have thought that was, yeah, a, no, that was think, a stretch. Yeah, rolling, rolling Brisbane in Brisbane, I think, would be miracle. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no. I remember that so. game, the Miracle on Grass? Yeah. I even remember the Miracle on Ice on that old. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's been a miracle in lots of different uh, meteorological conditions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> None come to mind. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, before we, before we finish the quarter... Um, I gotta, we've got to do a really big shout-out to Heather. Who, um, okay. And I've got a bit of a, a story. Heather's a, a friend of ours, Docker's, die-hard Dockers supporter. And unfortunately, I woke up Sunday morning to a text at about, you know, whatever, 6 in the morning, saying uh, Heather was in <clears throat> from Heather. This is the weird bit. From Heather to say that overnight she'd uh, been taken to hospital, she'd had a major heart attack, she'd been operated on, she'd had a stent put in. And she was back in her room at the uh, in the hospital, and um, and she was she texted me to tell me all this. Um, so she's at home recovering, which is Heather. just fantastic. So Jeez. and uh, being looked after by the eighteen to twenty eighteen to thirty four year old listener, yeah, yeah. Catherine. <laughs> um, but no, I got, it's it's really I mean it's the best thing that's happened to me this week was uh, her. Re- recovery from such a I had no diabolical idea. thing. No, yeah. you've been out of the uh, sphere Top. this week. Yeah. But in the back, of, this is the great bit, in the back of the ambulance as she was being, and she's got the defib hooked up and the whole kit and caboodle happening and, you know, injections of this, that, at the ready. And what did she talk to the ambulance drivers about? The Dockers. The Dockers. <laughs> And how well the dockers were going, and one of them, one of them apparently, um, the 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 paramedics uh, expressed a view that said that North Melbourne was not a bad team. And in the throes of 
potentially, you know, a near-death experience here, Heather gets really stuck into him about <laughs> how it's great that North are on the bottom now because Carey ripped Fremantle apart one day when she was there at, yeah. uh, at the WAC. Oh, at, that's uh, great. Uh, yeah, at Subiaco. And um, he needed to have a long, hard look at himself barracking for North Melbourne, you know, and Isn't that swap great? over to a better team. That's the so Dockers. Good. So... Well, good day, Heather. All the best. Even in the face of, I just thought, now that's a supporter. That's, that's a supporter a, who's on the brink of a of a of a death based experience here, and they're still going. You need to remember who I barrack for while you're sticking that you know thousand volts through me. I'm going to give the paramedic a bit of credit there because I reckon that medical staff. I I don't. I've never asked anyone, but I think that they're trained in in conversation, effective conversation for the situation. And that, that, backs, so. that backs up my point because obviously he wanted to kind of get her riled up to get the heart started a little bit. <laughs> and, and that happened. Just but, mentioned Kerry's six goals to I've, a Dockers supporter and I've, I've had the, she's I've, back. I've had the opposite um, when I went in for a little procedure and to get the general, um, you know, just to get, get me relaxed and get the general um, anaesthetic in and all that. The nurse, I was, I was pretty nervous. Happy to say that the nurse asked me to take a big deep breath, so I took a massive deep breath, and she went, "Oh my god, I've never, I've never seen such big lungs, and what a big! Just put your arm out so I can. Oh, what, what lengthy arms you've got? <laughs> she was, Where was she going? She was, I don't know, but she's complimenting me, and I was just like, "Oh, this is great." Yeah. Uh, I had the opposite experience when I had um, when I had an operation. Um, I was in the sort of pre-anesthetic stage, and the machines are going ping, etc. And I'm I'm busy as a you know a sciencey graduatey person and things like that. I'm busy watching the machines and I'm watching my heart the heart rate thing. And all of a sudden it flatlines, <laughs> and I hit the panic button. I look around at a couple of people, and this bloke just wanders over and said, "Oh, sorry, mate." Oh, pegs, the peg's fallen off your finger. <laughs> <laughs> Here was I thinking, this is it. I'm gone. And oh no, all it was was the, the, the heart rate bottle. Just the, the pegged and my finger had fallen you, off you, on the floor. You, you put it back on and I suddenly came back to life again. I reckon you would have known. Oh. If, if it wasn't a, um, a, a equipment malfunction, you would have known because he would have come over and gone, how about Jimmy Steins in 1987? You know, and then you would have gone, ah, oh, oh. I'm back. Oh. Oh. Running through the mark. Was it 87? Running through the mark? Yeah, Gary Buckner. Don't bring that. That's, oh. Oh, I've, had to, I've had to shed a tear, obviously, as we all have as we get older for all sorts of tragic things that have happened in, in all our lives generally. And, um, yeah, that was that. I, I can honestly say that was a time when I shed a tear, probably unnecessarily compared to the bad things that have happened in my life. <laughs> and my 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 friend at the time, Wendy, who because I sat in the car, we were up at Penguin, strangely, in Tasmania yeah. on holidays there, and she came back to the car after going and getting coffee because I said I wouldn't leave the Datsun One Twenty Y, yellow in colour, um, <laughs> and she came back and I was I was sitting in the passenger seat just. Sobbing. Sobbing. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? She didn't get it. Oh, had tried to explain Jimmy Stein to uh, Mark for yeah. tears. And, oh, God. I reckon on that note, I'll just give you a minute to calm yourself down and uh, we'll take a break. Mm. And um, and a shout out to all the paramedics and nursing staff. Yeah, and, did an amazing job. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and still got her with us, which is fantastic. Mm. Great. All right, we'll be back in a minute. 
Welcome back to quarter number two of Back to the Footy. I'm here with the General. Thanks, Albert. Um, just an update before, strangely enough, with I have a quiz, mm. um, but just before we... <laughs> um, break with tradition. Break with tradition. The Penguin update. Yeah, the two blues. Now, we've been bagging out the Penguin, not so much as a football team, because I think they're an excellent football team, but as the fact that they're called the two blues yeah. when they've got the best symbol. But if I, I went onto a I went onto a penguin site and I found that yes they are called the two blues but their uh, their symbol is the angry penguin uh, of course and there's a stylized version of a penguin which so they might maybe they're coming good maybe but I still think you know come on let's let's get rid of the two blues but when I was having a look at this site I was interested to see notable former players. Now, I'll, I'll read these out to you. Anthony Kudafides. No. <laughs> really? Michael O'Loughlin. <laughs> Justin Plapp. Michael Gale. Pay that one, maybe. And Stevie Milne. Now, I reckon that you cannot claim notable former players if they just came down to play one game for an awful lot of money and speak at a sportsman's night. So I'm down, doubling down now on the Penguin Football Club as a travesty. Do you reckon they need a rebrand? They Do need a complete rebrand. So they need to stop telling perhaps Porkies about the fact of who's actually uh, been the, been a notable player of the club. Come on, Anthony Kudafidis, Brad Saul, so Michael O'Loughlin. <laughs> no, 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 no. They've just got the uh, what were the two the two um, unis. Oxford and Cambridge, oh. <laughs> they've pulled their coin and just... Yeah, I, no, don't claim a former player if he's just come down for a sportsman's night, sat in the Ford pocket. That's great. Bring, bring people in. Terrific. Eddie Betts did it a couple of weeks ago for a, a, a team. and It's fantastic. Great. Yeah. Don't claim them as notable players, though. I, I remember um, Yabby Jeans coming down to Finlay for a, um, a sportsman's night. Obviously not in his playing days, but he came and coached the under seventeens or fifteens, whatever I was playing in. Fantastic! It was, it was, um, it was an experience that I'll never forget. Did he want to wrestle you? He did. He wrestle anybody? Because <laughs> he loved to wrestle. Apparently, I can't remember. He wrestled wrestler. Gary Ayres, apparently, which would have been a sight to behold. I think that. I don't know. No, I don't remember the the wrestling. Or maybe that's oh. maybe I've, the trauma's. I've put that to the back of my brain. But I do remember the um, the, the volume of his voice. He shouted louder than I've ever heard anyone shout. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't at me. I think I yeah, that's the thing at the day. I used to, when I was at uni, I used to run around Royal Park and yeah. stop in and watch um, the Blues yeah. at training. Yeah. Dennis Pagan. Yeah, right. Oh, the voice. Yeah. I'd stop and do what he said, you know, even though I was just outside the Yeah, <laughs> get down, give him, give him 20. Yeah, it was really scary. <laughs> Which is, incidentally, I guess an interesting note given the David Noble apology this week for giving his players a spray and old-fashioned spray and everything, and perhaps nowadays that's not the way to go with the younger person. But I, I've been out of um, transmission, so he apologised, did he? He did, for his behaviour in round three when he really, really got stuck into them. Oh, jeez. I don't think you can do an Alan Jones dash pagan stuff anymore to players. I think players want constructive information about how to play better. I just think that's a... I think it's... You know, yeah, it's a certain... Change of time. Sign of the times. A certain personality finds it challenging. Um, 
but I reckon I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So there's a documentary that I've mentioned to you about 400 times. I don't think you've watched it yet called Survive and Advance. Right. Featuring yes. featuring a great coach, Jimmy Valvano. And he uh, a bunch of the footage shows him at a sportsman's night or some sort of um, motivational speech. And he's telling these hilarious stories. And then he just sharply moves to a, a big shout just to get his point across. Mm. And I love, like, I've watched that thing a few times and love every second. But I showed my wife and expecting her to go, oh, punch in the air, going, yes, I want to go out and change the world. But instead she goes, why is he shouting? <laughs> and I, I think it's just it's, maybe it's an experience. Yeah, I'm still a bit of a fan of the light and shade. Yeah. I think you've got to, yeah, I think it's really important. I don't like the old style coaching. I I. I I got a bit tired of it in my twenties playing when when a, a one of my coaches said, "And you you know you he's get, you have to tighten up. He's kicked four goals on you this quarter." Yeah. And my only response was, "Well, yeah, I, I know that. I, I'm pretty <laughs> embarrassed by it. And can you actually instead of yelling at me for something I already know about and humiliating me in front of everybody else as well, yeah. maybe you could tell me how to stop him kicking more goals? Yeah. Next quarter. Yeah, yeah." Some, just That's something constructive, constructive Chris. Just <laughs> something constructive because I don't really want him to kick another four next quarter. What about uh, what about the the um, motivational yell though? Oh, we, we mentioned. Don't mind the motivational yell. We mentioned in the last episode Tom Trumbull, who I did the walk with, mm. great grandson of the great Australian off spinner Hugh Trumbull. Hugh Trumbull. He uh, he tells a great story about one of his coaches at school. Um, they were down by fifteen goals or something at three quarter time and to get them fired up for the last quarter because they were all just starting to think about the, the Savs, you know, afterwards. Oh, as you would. Yeah, he he goes, the coach got him around there and he goes, now, he used a few expletives. I want, <laughs> I need you to know, you're all a pack of dogs <laughs> and the footy is a bone. Now go fetch. <laughs> That's the best he had. <laughs> just shouting at him, go fetch. <laughs> Anyway. I, I had a I had a coach up at fourth. Oh, he was he was fantastic. I don't think he realised how sort of what he how good he what he said was, and uh, and he was deadly serious. And at three quarter time, he said to us once, he said, "You're all you're all you're all trying to win the game this quarter. I don't want to see anybody taking it upon themselves to kick goals." <laughs> I kind of knew what he meant, but. My, my friend, <laughs> It was a high likelihood, low likelihood that that we were going to do much better if nobody actually. He also said at one point, now I need you all to get behind each other. And somebody at the back said, well, isn't somebody got to be? (laughs) (laughs) One person's going to miss out here, Coach. You know what I mean. Do you, um, you're you're an educator of of great repute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And... But I've never, I've never had the pleasure of being in your classroom for for a long time. I've been to one or two lessons. Do you do you raise your voice in in the classroom at all? Uh, oh, not very often. No. But I find about once a month, regardless of you know behaviour standards in schools, and uh, about once a month, I just have to have a little crack at the class just to. They're, they're like sort of you know you're the sheep dog a bit, and they're the sheep. Every so often, it's got a. He's got to nip an ankle just to <laughs> just to let them know that they're here for a purpose and um, 
because I because a standard's just sort of sleep if you don't have a little bit of a whack every so okay. often, Adam. A little bit of a whack. Mm. I, where I spend most of my time teaching, uh, it's it's just next to the, the the tennis court or you know the outdoor area where PE lessons happen. And I've heard a few, um, and I know a few of them listen to this podcast. I won't mention them by name, but a few prospective uh, coaches. It's almost like they're auditioning to take that Dennis Pagan, Yabby Jeans role. Oh. Because I'm there. I mean, I, I teach music, so I'm there, you know, listening to some nice string quartets or <laughs> maybe a second movement from a piano concerto or mm. something like that. And then I hear, Righto, next thing, listen. Get over here! <laughs> going on. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Sometimes I'm trying to record backing tracks and things like that, and in the background you've got yeah some some great great men and and a couple of uh, women as well who don't mind a bit of a whack. Uh, the PE teacher doesn't if, mind a bit of a. If you're the sheepdog, a bit of an old fashioned sort of. You're the sheepdog nip, nipping at the heels. They've got the electric prod or just you know just mm. a baseball bat out. Oh, it's it's great, great listening. Uh, well, we, we didn't get time for that. We, maybe we come back to the, the quiz later. I, I, I reckon we should do that because we're getting to the end of the quarter. But I've, I'm, I can just see that penguin emblem over there and it made me think about potential rebrands for the Penguin Footy Club because they could be the Penguin Penguins, but why, why not get a bit more specific? Maybe the committee needs to decide between are we... Are we the emperors? Or are we the fairies? <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? Oh. Well, that could be the coach. If we look, what are you, a bunch of emperors, <laughs> or are you a bunch of fairies? <laughs> you, you're, oh, you're heading, you're heading towards the. I think you're heading towards the culture wars there with your, oh, your no. with your front, with your, no, your, no, your, no, your no. front exposed. Um, <laughs> or, well, yeah, they could. There's a wide variety of um, of, of penguins, isn't there? How, what other penguins are there? Um, Have you got any? King. The king. Go with the king. The kings. Yeah, the king penguin. The kings is a bit of a sore point in Tassie this, the day after the kings oh, have just beat the jack jumpers. Oh, yeah. But weren't the jack jumpers brave? And weren't they short? Yeah. I don't mean, I don't mean in numbers and in stature. In stature. They, they had half a team and they were all below about 170 centimetres yeah. by the look of them, playing against some amazingly tall. I think they did amazingly well. And the fact that I, I heard a stat that said in the three games, they were collectively 1.4 points and three points down at half time. Mm. Oh, gee, okay. You can be forgiven, but that's a David and Goliath. It is. Effort. So, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a, it's a a Schleifen versus Belgium situation. Oh, look, I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> do, do you, what are you, just one last thing. What about the... Uh, what about the AFL accepting the NBL owner's offer of um, providing the Tassie team with the Jack Jumpers moniker? I think the Jack Jumpers, is, thanks to this team, um, it's just become a really well-established sporting brand, logo, franchise. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. It, it may be something that can carry across all Tasmanian-type things and become synonymous. Yeah. So when you think when you think Wisconsin, you only sport wise, really, you only think Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. And if you think Green Bay, you're thinking Packers. Yeah. Um so you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's a bit of a loop. 
because you think you think Green Bay, you think Packers, you think Packers, you think World Series cricket. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the World Series cricket of golf is about to start up too. The, this this okay. Rebel League or whatever it oh, is right. with all these older golfers and trying to hijack the PGA. So, oh, it's all happening right? in sport at the really? moment. Any other not, notable? Uh, well, maybe this is something for the next quarter. But other notable club, uh, you know, club potential uh, mascots. We've talked about penguin. Well, maybe we could think of a few. I I still go back. I think to um, uh, you, you've got to go back to the classics like Tyab, for example, yeah. footy club in um, the Yabbies. Tyab, the Yabbies, <laughs> but. <laughs> If you put it on a Fitzroy jumper, if you put the actual picture of the Yabby on a Fitzroy jumper, gee, that's yeah, that's legendary. That is, yeah. yeah. Or the name, I love a name, Yarraville, the villains. Awesome. Oh, so awesome. Good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll come. We'll come back. But the one that I would like to, there's, no, I don't think Snug in Tassie has an actual team of its own. It's part of uh, a number of other. Like, is it yeah. the, the channel? Channel, something. Yeah. But I've always thought the snug cuddles would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be oh, I think if any listener out there has a, a good name for, for snug, oh, that'd have to be a million of them. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back in a minute after a, a break. Okay, welcome back to the third quarter of Back to the Footy, episode eight. Um, here with the general, and uh, thanks, Albert. No worries. We uh, time is uh, is relative, and we're going to try and make the next two quarters a little bit quicker so that um, mm. the general can get to his workplace in time. One of the great quotes of Albert Einstein about time, actually, that the my favourite quote of, of of all about. He said, Albert Einstein said at one point, and I might misquote this, but said the only reason for time existing is so everything doesn't happen at once. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, good? That's great. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. It's a refreshing bit of philosophy there. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like, did you, did you, where did you, that sounds like something you'd see on one of those like card, a, a quote a day. Yeah. It <laughs> does have a little bit of a hallmark card hallmark sort of ring about it, but it's, a, it's, it's, I think I'm not sure I've, Done. I think I've not done him an injustice there. No, that's great. Back to Snug for just for a second. Well, yeah, but just before we get to the quiz, um, the Snug Cuddles, mm. we want to put it out there because that could be a great line of... Uh, I reckon there's some creative people who listen to who listen to the podcast. Mm. I know there's one uh, creative trumpet player who uh, formed the Back to the Footy Megafans Gmail account and um, sent in some some visuals. So if you if, if you or anyone else have a place that either has a sensational uh, club name, like if the Snug Cuddles actually existed, or maybe a fictional one. Maybe you live near Paradise. Paradise in northern Tasmania. Well, and wouldn't that be a lovely place? To, <laughs> it is a lovely place. Imagine, I don't think it's got a footy team, but gee, would, wouldn't you have fun with Paradise? The Paradise Angels. Paradise Angels. You could just run on with just the white. Yeah. No colour in the costume whatsoever. White top, white shorts, white socks. Some wings? Maybe just the mascot with a couple of little wings out yeah. the back. Yeah. And the club song? Oh, well, 
am I ever going <laughs> to see your face? <laughs> and I thought that'd go down well. Yeah. yeah. So right. feel free to write to us at backtothefooty at gmail.com and uh, send us your club names, either real or fictional. Yeah. If you live in paradise and you're listening, um, yeah, try and get 18 people together. Awesome. And, and, and then you can be the paradise angels. Oh, that'd, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Now, I've got a quiz, okay. which I mentioned before. Pretty straightforward. What are these four ex-footballers got in common? You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Barass? Yep. Peter Hudson? Hutto? Yeah. John Coleman? Legendary Essendon. Mm-hmm. Goal kicker? Died too young? Yep. Uh, my old man's favourite footballer. Mm. Okay. And The Whale? Brian Roberts? I... I... For the sake of time, <laughs> I'm going to go. They've got something in common. They've got something but, in common, uh, and it and it concerns what they did after football, and a little bit during football. Possibly, I'm not absolutely sure. Well, John Common concerning the commercial Com- world. Oh, okay. Mm. Did they? Uh, did that? I mean, they did they ride the boundary at uh, for Channel Seven? I don't know. I, I remember oh. you, you've got a few years on me. I remember Barassi being a, he was he commentated. He had a stint. Yeah. As a he, he'd go down the same line as as Alan James and and the Dennis Pagan in terms of the yeah hard yeah oh hard some of that spray giving oh yeah. yeah yeah what's um what what was the one that when he's talking about uh, oh Malcolm Blight in the seventies? There's oh. some great footage of him. Bloody finessing. No, that's but, Tommy Hafey was oh, the he's, finessing. He's finessing. So what, yeah. um, what was his... And oh, He's giving a serve to Pittman in Ruck. He was pathetic. Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Not giving his players much backing at all. Yeah. Okay. So Barass. Yeah. Yeah, Hutto. Uh, John Coleman. Um, the Whale. And John can, Coleman was a... And you can add to this... Um, you can actually add Charlie Sutton, uh, legendary yeah. coach of the Bulldogs, not in... 50, right? Yeah. Um, Percy Jones. You're going to have to tell me what. Well, they all owned. They all owned, owned pubs. pubs. <laughs> okay. And, and wasn't that a thing to do for footballers <laughs> in the sort of 70s and 80s? You know, bought the pub. Yeah. And put up the sporting, started the sporting memorabilia sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so Peter Hudson owned the um, Granada Tavern in um, the northern suburbs of, of Hobart. Right. And okay. that's why he had to get flown in to play because he, he really was, you know, building that pub up. Right. And it was a really amazing... During his playing days. He yeah, was, really yeah. amazing. Well, he sort of retired, but then they got talked back into it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, the reason for the helicopter, basically, he, he just uh, he had to stay Friday night because there was some band like the Angels, perhaps, mm. or whatever, playing Friday night, he had to be at the pub and couldn't go over to Melbourne. And so, yeah, helicoptered onto Waverley Park. The Granada Taverns moved from having the Angels play to having the Angels tribute band play there. That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's still a bit of a band yeah. out there. Okay. Um, the Whale, Brian Roberts, uh, owned the pub. And I, I didn't know this, because I, I saw a photo. The reason it's triggered... Uh, my interest. I saw a photo of the whale, who must be not far short of uh, the, the the galloping gasometer in terms mm. of weight, in his in the bar of his own pub, on a horse, 
with a sheepdog under his arm. Is that right? You don't see that every day no. in a pub, do you? <laughs> no. No. And, and the I inter- wonder who... So was it... It's a... in South Melbourne, I think, the pub. Okay. And it was the first pub before all this kicked off to be sort of whatever Australia-wide in every football team. All the, all the VFL players would go down there for, to, to the Wales pub for Mad Monday. Mm. That was where Mad Monday kind of kicked off. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. And there's, some, there's a plaque, actually. It, there was a plug in the Wales pub uh, for, for Val Perovic. Apparently, he'd been on the um, been on the ponies, the, the little I think that's what they're called, the little yeah, six little, ounce, yep. tiny little things. I had a I had a I had a six ounce at um, at my favourite uh, watering hole on Friday, just because I was leaving and I just wanted to join in. A six ounce, a six ounce, yeah, yeah just behind the bar. My uh, barman friend James at the absolutely legendary. T-Bone, oh, craft T-bone. brewery, yeah. magnificent beer. We'll talk more about T-Bone another time. But, okay. wow, James had, has got a few little sixes down there. My God, it's only one mouthful, really. Yeah. I can't believe we drank sevens. As, yeah. And then moved to pots and thought, whoa. You know, now you get a look at a pot and you think, that, you know, oh, it's not very much really, is it? That's right, yeah. No, the six ounce, I don't know. Yeah, we used to go to a, uh, a Joker jackpot. Um, thing where with every drink you bought, you got a ticket in the jackpot to go and um, you know try and flip the card and find the joker. Oh right, that game. I, d- I never. It, yeah, we we worked we worked out. We, we I always preferred the meat raffle based sort of thing where you knew what was happening. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. Well, this is just a bit of fun for yeah, the, for the locals. Yeah. But what we worked out was that you got one ticket if you bought a pint, but you also got one ticket if you bought. A little six ounce. <laughs> so, so we'd there'd be you know maybe five of us and we'd get fifteen yeah. six ounces. And, yeah, just do the three times table and you still pour up yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. So, uh, one of these Mad Mondays, I read somewhere I don't know where, maybe I think it's true. After drinking countless six ounce glasses all sort of morning, Val Perovic, legendary. Um, St Kilda, St Kilda, and Carlton Ballarat man. Was oh it? Yeah. yeah, I actually played against Val Perovic. And um, let's, uh, he was, he was, a, and he's a very nice bloke. What um, is someone from Ballarat called, by the way? Is it a Ballaratonian? Uh, people from the rat. We don't. Or just a Ballarat. Yeah, just a Ballarat. <laughs> it's got a little accent above the A. Yeah, we don't take kindly to... to identification. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Val, Val, I can just remember Val beating the pulp out of basically everybody, but in a really nice way. I saw him. A a few years ago, um, I had to go home for a bit of um, a bit of bit of graveyard tidying, which sounds really macabre, but okay. you know, country country cemeteries. Yeah. Uh, so I had to just check in on the on the, on the family, okay. and uh, I saw Val Perovic in the street, and he's the same age as me, maybe a little bit old, um, and and I I kind of understood for the first time why we've got to protect footballers mm. in in. And don't let people jump into their back and concuss them and hit them behind the play because Val, you know, he, he's a broken man physically. Mm, yeah, he's okay. really struggling. Yeah. Uh, it was a sad sight to see because yeah. he's just an awesome footballer, an awesome bloke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, after he got off the sixes, he drank 37 cans that <laughs> afternoon and they put a plaque there. 30, right. 37 cans. And the whale himself used to drink the sixes. Yeah. And um, he averaged, at one point, apparently, 90 a day. 96. Behind the bar. 
How's that? 90. Wow. <laughs> you don't hear about things like that anymore. And thank, yeah, thank, no. thank God, really. No, you only hear um, about it in the news. If, yeah. <laughs> if taken. Now, Barras, just before we, yeah, before okay. we finish, um, Barras owns a cherry tree in Richmond where yep. I've been to for a, um, a, a quiz nights. Yep. Lovely little pub uh, just in behind there, um, the Brighton May Factory, just behind there. Uh-huh. Um, and, the, and, the, and the reference back to previous episodes, Barras also owned one called The Blush and Stutter. That's a bit mm-hmm. ordinary. Mm-hmm. But you'll never guess who was done for embezzlement. From the cherry tree back in the day, the cherry tree's been in, in Richmond for a long, long time. Guess who was done for embezzlement and lost his job there? Who? Squizzy Taylor. Squizzy Taylor. <laughs> so he makes an appearance from episode three where he appeared uh, of my grandma serving yeah. him in a shop. And then... Yeah, he makes another appearance in episode eight, embezzling from the cherry tree, which was owned by Ron Barassi and Adrian Gaggs Gallagher at one point. <laughs> There you go. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So and nice little. Was nice that little... was that all there was on the list? What oh, about John Coleman? Uh, John Coleman owned the Auburn, where I used to uh, 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 drink occasionally when I was at uh, at uni. Yeah. Drink at the Riversdale and the and the Auburn. He also owned the Essen Hotel, the West Brunswick Hotel, and then had a sea change and moved to the Dramana Hotel. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, we can add to that Flea Waitman, who took over the uh, the Country Club in Finlay. In Finlay Country Club Hotel. And uh, came and finished his playing days up there. Hmm. I, might and have, maybe... I might have won the footy tipping there one year as well. Oh. Thanks, Floyd. And just before, my probably my favourite of this, at Barassi's Pub, which was, I think it had a proper name called the Mountain View or the Mountain something, right. but everyone just called it Barassi's. He had a model MCG on the ceiling. Yeah, really? But the high point, remember when Lee Matthews <laughs> broke, remember when Lee Matthews broke the point post? Yeah. At Windy Hill? In '82 or whenever it was, yeah, he had he had that he had the broken oh, point post awesome. in the pub. Great, oh, yeah. gladdens the heart. That sort of thing. It sure does. It sure yeah. does. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back for our final quarter in just a minute. Okay, welcome back to the final quarter. Back to the footy, episode eight. The general's going to kick us off here. History, bit of history corner here, because we talked at length last week about the uh, the Jack Ginevan, who did get a little bit of his just desserts mm. uh, the weekend. I yep. uh, wasn't surprised. Somebody had an errant, errant forearm. Um, and uh, putting himself in the same sentence as Dusty, and I just thought, oh, some people do get a bit ahead of themselves. And then on Sunday, I was at a, a really delightful Mother's Day brunch. Beautiful. It was just the nicest occasion. And uh, a, a, a friend of mine there, Mikey, uh, a bit of a legend of um, bit of a legend of baseball and things, but a really lovely self-deprecating uh, guy. And um, ironically had the nickname The Big Show. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. But he stopped being the big show and became the postman. Which again, the postman always, he always delivers. delivers. <laughs> and I thought, oh, gee. Uh, and, and, and yeah, Mike's just yeah, a bit embarrassed about the whole thing, but unembarrassed historically. It's almost like the opposite of 
of um, of the fella from Collingwood because yeah, it is. He's a really humble, yeah. nice, lovely guy. He would never refer to himself as the Big Show or the Postman, and that's great irony, I think. It's very Australian. Because Glenn Maxwell, he he shuns the name the Big Show, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he he seems to me from his interviews and seems like a very nice bloke, and he would not call himself at all. But the historically, definition of white line fever, he becomes a different bloke. Oh, yeah, with, a bit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. all right. Um, Diamond Jim Tilbrook. Now, you wouldn't remember Diamond Jim, but he was going to be the saviour of Melbourne and the fact that he was called Diamond Jim. Um, and 1971, mm. it came over from Sturt, the two blues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and when I was looking into this, because I remember he, he was going to be fantastic, he only played 52 games in five years. He averaged about 10 possessions. He didn't play more than I think the most he ever played was about 11 games in a season. And he just was terrible. And I thought, oh, they must have paid a fortune for him. Mm. And then he's just let everybody down. But when I was looking into various things, I found that when they eventually got him over to Melbourne from Sturt, he came for the princely sum of $18,000. Gee whiz, that's not much money, is it really? But that was that was enough to give him the moniker of Diamond Jim. And when you put it together with his astronomic salary for playing, you know, these we've got million dollar a year players now all over the place in the AFL. Diamond Jim Tilbrook, you'd have to think he would have been the first million dollar player to come across. Mm. You know what he was on per year? Five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars you get in today's money. It's it's not even one of those cases where you can go. Oh, in today's money, it's fifteen million. Yes, it's today's money, really it's about twenty grand or something yeah. like that. It's just not much money anyway. Oh, and and I think the great thing is he lived up to every one of those five thousand dollars. He was worth <laughs> every one of those. Uh, yeah, he was just a bit larger than life, but oh, he wasn't really that diamond gym. Good. Yeah, Sam Newman was larger than life. Before you tell me about But he Sam was really, Newman. really good. Just, just yeah, yeah. As a footballer. Yeah. Problematic as a person, but yep. um, great as a footballer. Just we'll cycle back, though, to the Sturt Footy Club for a second. The roads. The roads. Or the highways. Or they were, I think, I think the Oxford... Or the road of, trains, maybe. The Sturt Road. The terraces. The terraces. Because <laughs> it's Oxford Terrace and Cambridge Terrace. Okay. Anyway. Terrace is synonymous with footy as well. On the terraces. Yeah, okay. Right. Possibility. I don't mind the kind of the, the you know the theme coming from outside of footy though. Sturt is there a Sturt desert? Yeah, and well, you could call them there's a flower as well. The peas, the peas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got a certain Sam. Sam Newman. I've always been. I, I watched the footy show as a younger person, and, and probably everybody did. It was just a, one of those things, and 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 to see it now, it's uh, very difficult. Um, but I, and I had a very, very, I suppose, low opinion of Sam Newman, his humour, his antics and everything like that. And somebody said to me, well, no, that's not really him. That's just the persona he's on TV. And I went, oh, you know, no, nobody could be. And I was at the, I was at the, the G one day and I, strangely enough, uh, had, I had had a couple and decided to, that I need to go to the, the, uh, the facilities. And I'm walking along the corridor to the toilet and... Um, I fall in step with Sam Newman. And he says hello. I says hello back. And 
went went in, and uh, this is going nowhere bad, so don't panic. Okay, yeah. Like that, and continued to chat and things and whatever, and you know, wash the hands. Continue. I've rarely met a nicer, more uh, uh, intelligent and urbane conversationalist. He, he was a really, he was, for the five minutes that I was talking to him, he was a really, really lovely guy. Okay. Couldn't have had nicer, more intelligent, pleasant company. Yeah. People are problematic sometimes People in are... the media, aren't they like that? I, I get the feeling with Sam Newman, he's he's almost like a, um, he's almost like one of the politicians. I used to think this about um, like, not so much Kevin Rudd, but Julia Gillard, before she was, before she got deep into the leadership of the Labor Party, um, she was, she said everything right. Like I, I um, mm. without getting political here, I thought she was well-spoken she spoke from the heart. She she didn't mess around with jargon and that. And as soon as she got into the leadership, the the party machine kind of stifled everything and, and pushed it down. This has happened to yeah, a number of other yeah, yeah. and and maybe and she became someone else. And then as soon as she got out of it, she became her old self again. Yeah, and maybe yeah, with Sam Newman person. outside of the media, he's a as you say, mm. urbane, uh, you know, a delight yeah. to talk to. But then when you hear him. Street talk maybe was the thing that I think that was he where just got I, carried away. Yeah, I had a serious problem with that, with the people, you know, yeah. picking on the people that yeah. yeah, it wasn't good. I think we look back on that where yeah, we'd be a bit embarrassed about that. It's now. off the time. It's it's yeah, one of those well, things. Yeah, I thought it was bad then actually to be honest. Did you? Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like I sing in a sea shanty uh, choir, I think I mentioned that on the on the group. We're not a choir, just a group of fellows who sing sea shanties. An autonomous collective. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we uh, we have to have a, a little disclaimer on that. We've got these songbooks that we hand out oh. and people join <laughs> in. And on a very small font at the end, it, it says, uh, the views expressed in, in some of these <laughs> so um, the sea off, shanties are of the time. Of their time. Yeah, we don't uh, share their views. Okay, let's Now, get they're the week. The week that's coming up with football. This is the week of going... Whack, I think. Um, certain teams are just going to go whack on other teams and put them back in their place, I think. Yeah. Easy easy tipping round, would you say? I think it might be a reasonably easy tipping round, although I haven't sort of looked into the tipping. We've got someone who's in the top four of my extended family tipping competition sitting right next to me, the young fellow Arlo. You want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> You are smashing the tipping this year. I am. What's you are? What you, you're fourth out of about thirty people. What's your secret? Uh, I just use the favourites. The favourites. It's so, pretty much going down the line, what, isn't what, it? Yeah. I like that. What, so, what do you? How do you know who's favourite? It says a lower number for the more favourite person. A lower number of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm. All right. That's, it's good just for probabilities. That's the only way we're using that at the moment. I think so. Yeah. 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 Because if we continue down that line, as I said once before, we may be yep. finding social services we're, being I, called I might in. Have but... a knock on my door. <laughs> Ali, who's your favourite team? St Kilda. Good answer. And who's your favourite player? Max King. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. You've been very Max patient, King. Very patient during this recording. Uh, I have a problem with Max King after watching that game last Sunday. He does not work hard no, enough. Guess. Yeah. And yet, Tim Membry, Tim Membry's an absolute workhorse. Yeah. I have new respect for Tim Membry after that because he, yeah, he was. He's fantastic. up and down the ground. He's your sheepdog. 
Oh, yes. And it was it were it not for the strangely inked in um, palm tree on his arm, I'd have even more respect for him. Yeah, yeah we'll get on to tattoos mm. another time, I reckon. Now, breaking news. Breaking news. During the podcast recording, Leon Cameron has resigned. Yeah. Oh, hang on. I was meant to do that. <laughs> you were. Oh. Breaking news. Um, oh, yeah. The newsbreaker. That's another one of those things like oh, the big show and the postman. Yeah, the somebody news is breaker. the newsbreaker. Actually, somebody's just told them something. Yeah. That's it. There's no real, you know, no, no. They're just actually repeating something that they've heard. It's not a superhero quality. Imagine if you, you oh. called yourself the newsbreaker and every time you enter the room, you just walk in. <laughs> oh, the newsbreaker. Um, okay. and, and all he does is just hear stuff that you're saying and repeat it to somebody repeat else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you've made a career out of that. <laughs> okay, you. Yeah. Um, GWS. GWS. And Carlton, that takes on new proportions. One where the coach has just resigned and one where the um, last year's Coleman medalist and Ford inspiration, Harry Mackay, is having six weeks off mm. with the uh, meniscus. Um, the meniscus. Yeah, so that game's really interesting now. But there are a number of other games, such as I think I think Richmond are going to go whack on Hawthorne, and I think Western Bulldogs are going to do the same to Collingwood. I hope not. Brisbane and Adelaide, whack. Yeah. Even in Adelaide, Melbourne West Coast, oh, that could be the that same. Be. And I've got a feeling the Dockers, even though it's at the Gold Coast, the Gold Coast is so unpredictable. Yep. What about this one here? Did you mention? We're getting to that because that's the last thing we need to talk okay. about, I think, before we go. Saints Geelong. Oh, I was pointing to the one just above it. Port North. Port North. That's whack. That's... Did we talk about that? And I, I'm so, I've written next to that in my little notes here, hard to be enthusiastic. I got, a, I got an email from Basketball Tasmania saying I can get two tickets for 10 bucks to that game. <laughs> so it, it seems like everyone is. is oh, uh, I think they're going to send you 10 bucks if you go. No. Fantastic! <laughs> I think that's that's worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Gee, okay. It will be. Imagine if it's in Hobart on Sunday, if it's cold, sleep wet, coming down, sleep coming down, yeah. and people are port supporters probably are not going to make the double long trip. Wouldn't have thought so. No, it could be. No, I reckon there could be more people at my at my gig on Saturday night, which has got a capacity of ninety eight. <laughs> anyway, you could rival it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And lastly, the, the Saints Geelong is the game of the round, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, and I bet you the media will go um, with a storied history of grand final heartbreak from 2009. They, they oh, just bring up these games that are from... As, as, you, do, as you do every episode of 2009, <laughs> but yes. But, but that's a great rivalry. I, I, a rivalry. <laughs> Yeah, ever since the the, the, Wizard, right. the Wizard Cup grand final of two thousand and four. Oh, Wizard Cup! I missed the Wizard yeah, Cup. The Wizard. Oh, that oh. was the one where um, yeah. that was the one where Grant Thomas was famously unenthusiastic. He was frowning as he lifted oh, the yeah. trophy up because mm. it's just the preseason. Yeah, and everybody thought Carlton were going to be. Remember yeah, when they yeah, won the yeah. Wizard Cup? Yeah, and everybody thought, and they had this new game style. And then about four weeks in. Um, everybody had actually worked out what the game style was, and I don't think they won another game virtually for yeah. the entire season, yeah. which is very sad. Um, so the Saints and Geelong, good game? Oh, good game. I'm really looking forward to that game. I reckon Max King will have had the proverbial rocket in the pants, yeah. and uh, the um, Geelong, are, Geelong are going very nicely, but um, I reckon the Saints will come out breathing fire. Okay. 
I mean, um, I, it's not for me to say. It's at Marvel. It's at Marvel. Suns so play well at Marvel. We've played oh. two two games outdoors in the traditional <laughs> outdoors manner. environment. Um, so it's time to go nice, indoors. Nice wide wings, which Geelong struggle with. Okay. Well, you've no. heard it first. Yeah, I think I think I'm on the Saints there. Well, the, Troy, you don't think that there'll be a little bit of uh, a little bit of schlaff and plan about Geelong, and they'll just go down the corridor and and beat us on, oh, you know, down the I spine. Don't, I think there'll be a bit of potential intimidation from Dangerfield at Hell, yeah. and um, yeah, they may just try to bully down through the corridor there. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, I think it's going to be a great game. Oh, I'm well, looking forward to it. Great. I'm looking forward to it. I must say more than. Melbourne West Coast. I'm not. Could be, could be the first time I don't watch my own team for a while. Oh, you've got to watch it just for the records that'll tumble. Oh, maybe, Melbourne uh, maybe like not. West Coast might not score. <laughs> no, they could come out and. Oh, it's the element of surprise. I get very nervous about this. I'm probably on a finishing. I'm, I get so nervous about my own team. I'm sitting here uh, doing this podcast, drinking my cup of tea out of the 2021 grand final commemorative mug. I was so worried about Melbourne getting beaten in the grand final last year that I thought I'm going to go early and buy the we were in the grand final commemorative <laughs> mug rather than not buying it and then finding I had nothing yeah. when we got beaten by the Bulldogs. So I went early and bought two commemorative grand final really? mugs because I just thought, well, we're never going to get the premiership mug. Well, yeah, we'll lose. I know we'll lose. So I think um, mega fans can add that to the uh, the visual that they created for for the uh, podcast. Yeah, it's a nice mug. Yeah, it is a good. And mug. it has Melbourne players and the Premiership Cup on it. But it's just no yeah, guarantee. No guarantee. Win it. <laughs> no, oh, somewhere down that. the bottom, underneath, is written no guarantee. Um, <laughs> the Bulldogs had why not us in yeah. 2016 and <laughs> Melbourne 2021. No guarantees. No guarantees. No. <laughs> All right. On that note, we better wrap up. Uh, so thanks for listening all the way to the end here. We've got uh, back to the footy at gmail.com. If you'd like to write to us with any club names, fictional or factual. Mm-hmm. And uh, any any questions you've got concerning um, odds and betting strategies. Um, we've got our... We've got uh, Arlo here as the, the resident uh, the man, of, man of knowledge. Yeah. We call him the postman. The postman. <laughs> he always delivers. All right. Have a good week.